On today's show, Darius Garland is back and Donovan Mitchell scores the same number of points as his jersey number. Talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Cavs. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com backslash locked in NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for, 20, for a first deposit match up to $100. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Dameral. We're going to talk about Cavs Pistons, a game Cleveland won, although it took a little bit of effort and some Donovan Mitchell heroics. We're going to talk about Sam Merrill. We're going to talk about All-Star Reserves. Does Jared Allen perhaps get a late nod? But Evan, let's start with the man of the hour. The returning Darius Garland limited in minutes in this game. Certainly not the full Darius Garland as of yet. But what did you make from night one back for the Cavs star guard? Um, pretty. I mean, to start, not too bad. He wasn't pressing super hard. Uh, JB Bickerstaff shared pregame that Garland has kind of been chomping at the bit to get back on the floor, but the, the Cavs are kind of making him slow the roll. JB said it made him a real sad boy when that happened. Um, made, made me think of you when he said that. And um, that's right. I am, I am I am the sad boy of I am the everyone's default sad boy I think is that is that fair Am I like in most people's lives like their sad boyfriend is that where I am I mean I tend to congregate with the similar flocks so I don't see yeah, you're exclusive people, to cool. that group but Cool 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 So um but back to what I was saying like yeah he looked like his usual self he was moving a lot better i think than he was before the injury um i think that was kind of evident just having those fresh legs certainly helped but as the game and then he also has like that insane three-pointer where he just is fouled by kate cunningham and he falls over and he just drains it and i'm thinking okay we're, we're seeing some stuff here where he was really moving the ball with presence and i uh, had it on the string of this playmaking like he had a lot of really nice passes to um allen and mobley down low or kicking out to guys on the perimeter like Typical Darius Garland stuff, but then you notice just after a while, like it was evident he had been out for a month and a half because he just feel like some of the wind coming out of his sails and some of the steam just kind of coming out of his engine a little bit. Even Evan Mobley shared before this game at shoot around, like he was surprised, like the difference in how in shape you have to be to play NBA level basketball versus just like the stuff the Cavs had them doing just to stay in shape so that it wouldn't be a total like medical risk for them to be back on the floor. So He'll get his legs back underneath him. It'll take time, of course. I think the 20 to 24-ish limit will be around for a little bit. And uh, we'll just kind of keep an eye on how he's going. But yeah, he looked great, especially because he really did at, try his best to acclimate himself to this new offensive system the Cavs are doing. And like he put up six three-pointers in 20 minutes, and that was a welcome surprise in of itself. And to your point, like they played him off ball quite a bit, too, and he looked comfortable doing that. Yeah, I, I thought it was very intentional, if nothing else, about how they used him and what they did with him. So, for right off the bat, I thought you got good energy from him. He gets that popping pass to Allen that just rolls out. 
Jared Allen, by the way, we'll get to him later playing through some illness. Good on him for the toughness I think he showed in this game. Uh, but then he gets the ball back, and, and Garland gets an assist to Mobley. And the next possession, mm-hmm. Mitchell brings up the ball, and then Darius Garland comes off a screen, off a layer of screens from the corner to be an option as a shooter. Mitchell takes a pull-up, but Gar- like you're seeing them use him in different ways. Evan, the first time I was like, Darius Garland is back, 746, first quarter. He pumps, he gets the ball off a screen, pumps, big side strip dibble, dribble, hits the three, gets fouled, and it, the, he, he's got that shot making in his bag, and that was on display there in kind of a different way than we've seen all the time. That, that's, that's the template of what I want to see. I want to see Darius doing that kind of stuff. I want to see Darius pushing himself and expanding himself. And there's going to be a build. It's not going to come overnight. But I think it's there if they, if they, want, if they want to go for it. And I think early indications to me would, would lead me to think that they're going to try to go for it with this and try to have Darius evolve and keep playing within the style that, that has won them so many games of late. Yeah, I, I definitely think you're spot on with that, where they um, the Cavs are for sure trying to just kind of you know work with what's working, but also lean on the fact that the Cavs have found a lot of things that have been functionally good. Um, that got them to this point and it's going to be a work in progress. I don't think there's going to be nights where it's absolutely perfect, but if you're trying to, you know, figure out what you have post, you know, injury, like you do with Garland right now, um, this is a pretty good way to start and kind of good way to get your feet wet, especially when, um, the, the calves, um, have been without them for so long and it's going to be a bit of a figuring out process and also just because they they have him and Mobley both on a minute restriction so like you got to be a little bit patient and realistic about where he's at and where he's going and ditto for Mobley as well let me ask you this before we move on to next segment which player do you think came back and has looked more immediately back up the speed. Obviously, both on minutes restrictions, obviously both kind of figuring themselves out to some degree. But is there? Mm-hmm. Just, did one of the guys more than the other, do you strike you as hitting the ground running in any particular way? Um, I think Garland, at least in this game against um, Detroit, I think you saw more of it against um, the Clippers for... Um, Evan Mobley and just because like Mobley really stepped up in those limited minutes too but it's also kind of hard to take like gauge what the Cavs are capable of or even planning on doing um with these guys back in the fold until they are like 100% available and like they aren't on these minute restrictions much longer but for, like now it's Mobley in this game against the Clip the game against the Clippers and Garland in the game against the Pistons what about you I think it's Garland for sure I think Garland just came out and was like getting up a lot of threes, he was doing very Darius Garland stuff. Certainly not like a box score kind of night that you're going to look back and say, oh, he was awesome from the first night he came back from missing all this time with a broken jaw. But he took 12 shots in 20 and a half minutes, like mm. just under 20, 20 minutes, 30 seconds, six threes, only had the had three assists against just one turnover and had 19 points. He really did just come out and say, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to be aggressive. I'm going to play in a certain way. For him to have 50% of his shots from three, when I think he's in like the 30%, 30, 35%, I'm checking this right now. Like that was like such a big uptick. And that to me felt intentional way we can measure it and look at it in a real way. With Mobley, it's a little more of a slow burn. And there's, I think, more 
like the puzzle piece. So Darius Garland for the year, 29% of his shots came from three, 50% in this game. With him, it's like you can see that, and maybe that doesn't hold game over game, but I would like to see it be 40% or something of that nature, and I think it's possible with Mobley. I think that the the acclimation is going to feel like more of a slow burn where Garland is not, I think, going to feel quite like that. No, I agree. I think it's going to be a figuring out process and a feeling out process no matter what you do if you're the Cavs in this scenario. But um, yeah, like it, there's going to be nice where Garland isn't doing exactly that. But I do think there's a path to success for him to have numbers that are comparable to that. And more importantly, at least in my eyes, is just more so the fact that the Cavs can really find a way to um, encourage that, just especially because this is the offense they've been wanting to play all season long. And they found it without Garland and Mobley, and it's a little bit of an added luxury that you're already seeing Garland take advantage of a lot of those off-ball looks or wide-open three-pointers that he was getting um, tonight against the Pistons. Up after this, we're going to dive into Cavs-Pistons, how they won it, Donovan Mitchell's big night, and why, and all in all, you'll just take a win on a night like this. We'll talk about that after this. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at PrizePix. PrizePix is the largest DFS platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It is just you against the numbers. So you pick more or less than on two to six pl- two to stick player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. You can also play along some of PrizePix's favorite players like the rapper Meek Mill and the comedian Andrew Schultz. You can now find community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries with some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. They also offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, for instance, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. So go to prizepicks.com backslash locked in NBA and use code locked in NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com, promo code locked in NBA at backslash locked in NBA and $100 deposit match. Prizepicks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Terms and conditions apply. All right, we are back here on Locked on Cavs. I mean, Cleveland won this game, and I think there's mm-hmm. only one place to look at why they won it, and that's Donovan Mitchell scored 45 points and was by far the best player on the floor. Oh, without a doubt, he was the best player on the floor tonight for the Cavs, and they needed every single one of those points. I'm actually curious to see how many points overall he was responsible for um, throughout this entire night for the Cavs, but um, just like in terms of assists and maybe the second chance opportunities he got with a few of the offensive rebounds he got, but like they, they like I said, like they needed every single point from Donovan Mitchell in this game. Um, if they didn't have it or get it, like it, it just would have been an uphill battle, an uphill grind. I think. We'll talk. We'll touch on Jared Allen uh, later well, on. This, we talk, but, yeah, yeah. But like, Allen was also just as vital. But like, Mitchell grinded to the very end of this game. Um, and then I was waiting outside the locker and waiting for all the players to be back before me to go to the media room. And he was uh, dapping up security, assisting coaches, members of Cavs communications, and just kept saying, uh, "Just another day in the office." So. For him, I think he is able to dig deep and kind of just play at this level um, at any time. Like his his engine, we talk about it all the time. The show was just run so consistently hot, but 
Mitchell was sensational in this game, and I don't think the Cavs would have won this game without him. He he's just doing everything right now. In this game, fourteen to twenty-five, third six to thirteen from three, eleven to twelve from the line, eight assists, just two turnovers. Is a plus minus of twenty-two, which you know, take that for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. And in the fourth quarter, in particular, when this game was close, the Cavs were trailing for part of the fourth quarter against a, a bad Piston team. A Piston team that, to their credit, I think played friskily and energetically and was re- and Kate Cunningham had some really nice moments in this game for sure. But Donovan Mitchell plays 10 minutes of the fourth quarter, takes 10 shots. No other Cavalier took more than three. That was Max Struess. He's 2-4 from three, 6-6 six six from the line, has 20 points. Only the, the next highest scoring Cavs in the fourth quarter, Jared Allen had four. Karis Levert had four. This was the Donovan Mitchell show, and like we've said this, Evan, but even there, there are some nights where he's not going to need to do this. There's there's nights yeah. where, you know, uh, Dean Wade's going to get hotter. You know, now that Garland's back, he's going to get hotter. Maybe Struess Struess kind of normalizes and has a big three point shooting. There's the George and Yang game from a week ago, but there is just a value in a night where like the team doesn't have it. You're playing a team that is coming for you. You have a game the next night and you're going to need energy for that too. Mitchell just takes care of you. He's capable of doing it. He's done it time Mm. and time and time again. Yeah. And I think we've seen it from the moment he joined the Cavs and even to start the season, there were moments where like you could tell Mitchell still wasn't quite 100% on the floor um and especially just with the hand the hamstring injuries he was dealing with at the start of the season a little bit of just like the the wiggle back that and at least for donovan like this was a silver lining the fact that like he could step up and just it's very clear he's more than comfortable with carrying the load offensively for cleveland and um like that in of itself is refreshing if you're the Cavs. but more importantly like Cleveland just played really, really well um, in this game. And also just like Donovan Mitchell just did every little thing they they needed a superstar player like him to do to make sure that he had enough gas in the tank to get them to where they needed to be and also just um, secure the win. And let's shift focus real quick. Jared Allen um, dealing with the flu wasn't playing. He was playing through it. He had no gas in the tank, according to J.B. Biggerstaff, towards the end of the game. Um, he only had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to eat for the entire day as well. Like was clearly tapped out, but like played some really, really, really key defense down the stretch for Cleveland. I think like a play that really stood out for me was Isaac Okoro was on Cade Cunningham with about like three, two or three minutes left in the game. Uh, Okoro did a really good job, like not giving Cunningham like an easy drive to the basket. But eventually he was able to get past him. I think it was because of a Detroit screen, probably from Jalen Duran or one of the million old power forward, small forward hybrids that the Pistons have on their roster. But then you see Allen recover as a help defender and then just completely smother without fouling Cunningham at the rim and not giving up like an easy free throw opportunity because the game was so tight and so close. And for a guy not to have any gas in the tank and be able to do that was really impressive and just another indication of. Sure, maybe he didn't have like the most flashy night statistically, but like really stepped up once again and just kind of shouldered the load, at least on the defensive side of the ball, as Mitchell just scintillated Detroit um, with his scoring punch. For him to play an NBA game and play, I'm going to see, look how many minutes he played in total on just the fourth. He played 30 minutes 
and be and feel like he's playing everywhere and and still be like a pretty darn effective player and eat a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is frankly crazy. Like the fact that he did that speaks to his toughness, speaks to his buy into this team. Like whatever positive things you want to say, I feel like playing an NBA game after only eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich all day is like insanely impressive. Oh yeah, it's nutty for sure. Like I, I see what you. There's, I see what you. Oh, I wasn't even thinking that, but um, it's I just more it, so the I'm fact that um, that's like not a lot of calories for a big man who is literally a big man and also just like a big player in terms of um his position too and the need for the Cavs. Like not a lot of food to lean on. Like I'm sure pushing fluids like crazy because when you're sick, like. Hydration is key, of course, but more importantly, like the fact that he was able to step up like that and just kind of like rock with such little, um, just, you know, get like actual like food fuel pushing him through is really impressive. And even like Donovan Mitchell said, like, yeah, when you're sick, like we had a hard time hearing him. Like he like, you know, was he's coughing a lot. He's trying to like focus on his breathing as much as he can. And, like, there's just a lot of just, you know, really just, I don't want to say inspiring stuff, because, but still, like, endearing at least to see, like, a guy like that really step up and be, like, such an impactful player that the Cavs needed him to be, despite just, you know, circumstances that may, unfortunately, just been out of his control. Yeah, we'll see if he plays tomorrow. Wouldn't wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, maybe, just to not play him on the second night of a back-to-back, but it's weird center position stuff. Maybe he's just feeling well, better or whatever. They they could rest him. I did ask JV pregame. Um, this is, before, you know, he because JV let it slip for a second that Darius would play, and then he's like, oh, if he plays, of course, you, you know. Well, but, which, which in which, like, it was also reported, like, yesterday that he was going to play. I know. So we, we but do. even, like, yeah, George Niang was like, oh, is he going to play? I don't know. Like, just taunting kind of stuff, but, um, at least now, for now, just depending on how their bodies are feeling, but Garland and Mobley will play against Memphis on the second game of a back-to-back, despite, you know, their progress back to the floor. So, like, if you could afford to rest Allen against a Grizzlies team that is playing a lot of 10-day guys, is still playing hard regardless, and just rock with Evan Mobley and shooting around him as your center, and then lean on Damian Jones for as much as you can, I think you have to kind of maybe roll the dice on that if you think you can afford to let Allen rest for the game, uh, for that night. Yeah, I think one night wouldn't be the worst in the world. Oh, one other guy, Evan, I want to shout that I thought played a great game. I just thought Isaac Okora was, again, very good. Awesome. You know, obviously, he's awesome. Maybe not, yeah, maybe not the level he was at the Clippers, but that guy is just a good two-way player now, and I think we have to treat him as such. Yeah, I think the Cavs playing faster all season long has done a lot for him offensively in small moments, but he really did benefit gaining confidence and momentum that maybe he wouldn't have gotten when this team was fully healthy. And that confidence and momentum is translatable. Even if he plays us, he isn't a starter and he's maybe playing a smaller role, but he is a guy, at least in my eyes, like with how well he's playing lately, especially just as a two way player, as you had noted, like you could justifiably close games with him now, just because he's not going to be like a total liability on the offensive side of the ball for you. After this, Sam Merrill and All-Star Talk. We'll talk about that after this. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the official sportsbook of Locked On and America's number one sportsbook. Happy Super Bowl to all those who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch 
grabbing your favorite football snack and placing some super bets. Evan, do you have a favorite part of Super Bowl Sunday? Um, the game, I guess. I don't know. It's a really basic answer. My team hasn't won the Super Bowl since Super Bowl 50, so it's always the Chiefs, I guess. But and Patrick Mahomes is never going away. But, I mean, you know what? It's a fun time for everyone. I think if you're just a fan of the sport, the Super Bowl is great. What about you, pal? Uh, I just I like being watching the game with my dad and, and having some chicken wings. That's like how we usually make our own. That's that's the move. Um, but and make Love our own that. sauce and stuff. So it's a great time. But uh, there are also things you can do with FanDuel for Super Bowl Sunday. A few Super Bowl bets that I'm looking at on FanDuel. Travis Kelsey to win MVP at plus seventeen hundred. Why not Cleveland Ohio zone? The over under is at forty seven and a half. Intrigued. I. I I think I like the over on that, just based on the offenses. Even though the defenses are both really good, that's a tough number. That's why Vegas is great at its job. Um, and also, I, this one caught my eye on their props. You can go props on jersey number for over-under. Over, over-under is at 19.5 on a jersey number for first and last touchdown scorer in the Super Bowl. I just thought that was fun, that you could you could go on the jersey number and get to kind of math that out a little bit in your head. So... FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl 58, but they have parlays, how many points will be scored, and all those great props. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets for your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment worth FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, let's finish this up Real with... Quick. Sorry, I was laughing yeah. when you were talking about the jersey number thing. I did see somebody post on Twitter that um, they made a fake account to message every Chiefs player um, and 49ers player asking them, like, hey, we're working on a class project and I can get out of math class, boob math, if you tell me what color the Gatorade's going to be if you guys dump on your coach when you win the Super Bowl, thanks. Because, you know, that's a, another bet you can place. And it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's funny. It's funny stuff, but let's people wrap this one up. Have, let's close the book on yeah. Pistons, Cavs, but people what? Just have lots of time on their hands, I think, and I'm sort of jealous of them, but I'm also like, you could have done something better with your time is well, then also sport, my thought. Sports gambling is also a hell of a drug, so. Yes, I uh, guess it is. All right, so let's look at Sam Merrill, who before the game, J.B. Bickerstaff talks about how they want to find him to get minutes, and it's going to be hard at times, but they want to find a way to get him in. It's he, Maryland's up playing 60 minutes in this game. He's one of 10 caps to play. He plays more. He plays close to what Niang played. He plays more than Dean Wade. Um, and obviously, like, you have the minutes restrictions playing here. But, Evan, it, it feels like, number one, Merrill is just going to at least get some minutes here or there. It's going to vacillate up and down a little bit based on the Clippers game or this game. It's going to go up and down. But I think it's, it, you also could see this team, I think, run 10-man rotations here for a little bit. And just if someone is proving themselves on a given night, then that guy gets to, to go get, get the, the minutes on a given night. And like Merrill, for instance, was the example of that tonight. Yeah, I think it's he's just the example of it tonight. And then wore the game against the Clippers the other night. Um, Sam Merrill maybe played seven minutes in that one. You saw Craig Porter Jr. getting more minutes than Merrill did. And it's just... I think more so, um, unfortunately, like um, he played really well for the Cavs. He's another one of those guys that really stepped up. I think um, 
Donovan Mitchell like really shouted him out quite a bit all throughout this process just because like either it's the relationship they've had since same as at Utah State and Donovan was with the Jazz to now like it's just funny how life works out but he's going to be a casualty of the Cavs getting healthier and he was asked about this post game he's just like listen I understand it's the situation whether I get five minutes to 10 minutes to 15 minutes or whatever like I'm good and the fact that like he's just able to rip it from three-point range so much and like just kind of be like that consistent offensive threat like he has a leg up over like Craig Porter Jr. Um, he definitely has one up over Damian Jones as well and maybe even Dean Wade if you want to eat a Dean Wade's minutes at times but like Wade has been very good lately especially after going back to the bench for Evan Mobley like in the last two games just in terms of maybe not giving you a ton offensively but he's giving you a lot of that defensive upside too so um I think for Merrill, like I said, it's a make or miss league to begin with. If you get him a few looks and his shot's not falling and maybe he, the opposing team is kind of exploiting him a little bit on in his defensive capabilities, um, maybe you look elsewhere and you look at like a Craig Porter Jr. or you give more minutes to Dean Wade or like you lean more heavily on Max Struess than the Cavs already do. But I think Merrill has really shown us a lot in this stretch and I think like Isaac Okoro, he has a lot of momentum on his size, side and also just like a lot of confidence on his side. But if you're J.B. Bakerstaff, it is a tough situation because you can only play so many guys and you don't want to let a guy like Sam Merrill, who shooters need rhythm, they need consistency. Um, you don't want to let him cool off and you want to let him ride this momentum he's built. But yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I think if you're Bakerstaff, you do try to make find a way to get him in the rotation. But if he doesn't have it, it's easier to kind of give him the hook that night. Yeah, and Merrill's one of those guys who has talked about um, wanting to get consistent minutes and how helpful it is for him. So there's certainly, I think, a line to walk there. Evan, one on this, All-Star Reserves announced on Thursday. Let's make predictions. I think the Cavs get one. Yes. He said, let's look at Sam Merrill. Here he is on the screen. We can look at him real quick. Look at at that um, sweet Mormon boy. You just pulled it. You're like Jack... You just pulled a Jackson Flickinger in the sense you had like a po- a Sam Merrill photo like in your pocket and like look it's at like my a, son. No, it, it is the dimensions of like a wallet size photo. Like I could have like a wallet mm-hmm. size five by seven. I pull out of my wallet. Um, and I'm like this is um, this is the uh, the I don't know the latter day sniper or whatever. But yeah, we got uh, in count, terms we, of the 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 Mormon the Mormon marksman. There, there it goes. There you go. Or um. I always call him the latter game. Got it. I also call him the latter game saint sometimes too, and I'm like, that's pretty. I, I thought that was clever, but I think the Mormon marksman just rolls off the tongue better. But I don't know if that'll stick on radio or TV. But either way, um, I agree. I think they get one All Star. It's gonna be Donovan Mitchell, I'd say. Um, you said this in our group chat with Jake, our producer, a little bit though. But it is mm-hmm. a little interesting to see. Like a lot of people are making a bit of like a full court press to say that. Jared Allen should get all sorts of considerations as well, which I think he should. It's just there's only so many spots to go around, and I just think he may not make the cut. Yeah, I, Mitchell's a lock. I, I personally think Mitchell and Jalen Brunson as well both had better cases to actually be a starter than Damian Lillard, but fan vote, whatever, it is what it is. You get there, you get there. It doesn't ultimately matter. I think you look at the bigs in the East, and it's there's just going to be, I think, some really interesting questions here. And there's also room, I would say this, that if, Allen doesn't get in on Thursday. Joel Embiid's hurt, uh, and Julius Randle's also hurt. And Julius Randle having like an All Star caliber year mm-hmm. is also on a lot of ballots. I've seen that's that's how 
Jared Allen ends up an all-star is he gets named as a reserve. Like, I, it, just if he does not get named on Thursday, let's just say his name is not called on Thursday when they announce he's on TNT. Well, if, yeah, I think that's A week path. later, yeah, that's that feels like the more likely. There's also the fact that, like, Tyrese Halliburton is dealing with some stuff as well. Like, if he is unable to play, you bump a guy from the bench into the starting lineup. I think that is the coach's decision. Um, so you're saying they, Sam Merrill to the All-Star game to replace Tyrese Halliburton? No, I'm not Jackson Flickinger, who said that the Cavs should trade Darius Garland and build around Sam Merrill. Um, and also, I just wanted to be known also that Jackson asked J.B. Bickerstaff about why the Cavs were so good at defending the point line this season compared to last year, and then proceeded to get torched by the Pistons in this game from the perimeter. But um, I think just like, let's say Halliburton can't go, if Randall can't go, if Embiid can't go, like there are guys that just because of health concerns and for health's sake, like there could be a path for Allen to sneak in as like an alternate. I want to say that's what happened last time too, right? When he, um, they held City I, Cleveland, because I don't think he was voted in outright. No, I can't remember if he was named as a reserve or not. I'm going to check it now. Well, yeah, we can at least. I'm seeing if this is there on this Wikipedia page. If not, it doesn't matter that much. Um, He was named as a replacement for James Harden. So it's a great memory on your part. He replaced yeah. Big Big Jim. Big Jim himself. Big, big Jimmy. So, yeah, that, that could be another way he gets into it. And, like, you know, he's just been playing out of his absolute court. And I do think you need to recognize that. And, um, yeah. Um, we will see what happens, though. I, I, I Again, we'll not bat an eye when it's Donovan Mitchell and then Jared Allen is named after the fact. Yeah, would not shock me. We're going to end there. I'm Chris Manning. That is Evan Darren. We'll back at you Friday. We are going to recap Cavs-Grizzlies, which is a basketball game that is happening. And we'll talk about All-Stars. We'll look at those rosters, react to those. Busy day in the NBA Thursday evening. This calendar never stops. We'll talk to you all then. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always. Have a great rest of your day.